It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Jackson Gatlin here, host of the Monday edition Locked On NBA podcast. Every Monday, I cover the three biggest stories in the NBA with the local experts from Locked On. It's an awesome recap of the weekend of the NBA and a look at what's ahead. Mark your calendars on Monday to join me for Locked On NBA podcast, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Oh, like, because when I shot, I expected to make it. So, like, I don't shoot kind of miss. You are Locked On Raptors, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Canada, the NBA title is yours. We're going to the first of the Hail Mary 3 by Mo Get that garbage out of here. Hey, what's going on? Welcome to episode number 990 of Locked On Raptors for Friday. Yeah, Friday, July the 23rd. I'm your host, Sean Woodley of RaptorsHQ.com. You can find me on Twitter, as always, at WoodleySean. You can find the show at Locked On Raptors, where you can find links to every single episode of the podcast. And, of course, please make sure to check out the entirety of the Locked On Podcast Network, including the Ultimate Mock Draft 2021. It's going to be awesome it's rounded out today it is awesome it already exists and is awesome uh today's the last of five days you get every pick in the first round with all the local hosts from the network as well as experts like chad ford Raphael barlow sam ferris the draft dudes it's just it's an endless stream of excellent experts you've got ryan mcdonough former gm of the phoenix suns it's just a loaded loaded show well produced well put together it's fantastic go and subscribe to the ultimate mock draft right now and also just a heads up Next Thursday, if you don't want to watch ESPN's draft coverage with awkward fellows who are not really meant for TV standing in front of boards and pointing at things, I highly recommend you check out Locked On's draft production. We are going to be doing a TV show from down at the WFAA studios down in Dallas, Texas, uh, one of our Tegna stations as we are now part of their family. And it's going to be awesome. It's going to be hosted by John Corrales, one of our pals here from Locked On Raptors. He's been on this show a ton of times. We've got Chad Ford in the studio. Raphael Barlow is going to be in the studio making his television debut, which is awesome. We've got experts that are going to be dropping in, as well as the local hosts from across the Locked On Network popping in to talk about the teams as they make their picks, including... Myself, it's going to be great. I'm going to be in a hotel room in Halifax dropping in. That's going to be a ton of fun. And its I really can't recommend it enough. It's going to be amazing. It's going to be available in the States on the Odyssey app. Maybe you can get that in Canada too. I'm not sure. Uh, you're going to be able to stream it on Roku, Fire TV, all that stuff. In addition, it'll be on the Locked On NBA YouTube page. I can't express enough. I've been in the planning meetings for this. It's been awesome to see it all come together for behind the scenes. I haven't lifted a finger because it's not my wheelhouse, but I've seen the work in action and man, it's going to be so freaking good. I, I can't really uh, recommend it enough. So go and watch the Locked On NBA live draft show. That's going to be next Thursday during the draft on the Locked On NBA YouTube page, as well as all of the Odyssey platforms on your special tv devices sure that's a way to describe that uh all right let's get to today's show uh where once again i'm joined by pd webb it was an awesome conversation yesterday we talked about the jalen suggs and green dove deep on them talked about weaknesses you know ways they can improve things like that the fit with the raptors and we talked today 
about Evan Mobley with PD Web as well. This one was uh, really fun. I haven't dug as deep into Evan Mobley as we did in this conversation, and it really did a lot to convince me that Evan Mobley is the guy that you kind of give up everything for. You know, there were the rumors yesterday that the Raptors might trade up to try to get Evan Mobley uh, with the Cavs. Who knows? All of this draft smoke screening beforehand, it just none of it really means anything. Don't take anything without millions of grains of salt. It's just, it's impossible to ascertain exactly what the hell is going on here. Agent noise and all that stuff. It's just, it's not really worth digging into. If they move up, great. That would be awesome. Evan Mobley seems like he's fantastic. And the description in this podcast, there's a point that comes up here where PD is talking about what the Raptors defense could look like with Evan Mobley, Pascal Siakam, and OG Ananobi paired together. And I have a physical reaction to him describing that, that I detail on the podcast. It's uh, <laughs> it's wild, man. I've never had a reaction like that ever thinking about anything. Um, it, was, it was wild. It just kind of overtook my body. Uh, so you have that to look forward to, me losing control of my limbs and spine on the podcast. That's fun. Um, but yeah, we also dig into what makes him such a special defensive prospect, where his offensive game is, what if there are weaknesses? What are there? That that's a pretty short part of the podcast. Uh, and then I also throw a question to PD at the end: If he were to reach for someone at four and go off board, off the consensus of Jalen Suggs, assuming he's the one there left at four, I asked him who he would take, and he gave me a very interesting and cool answer. And then we kind of dove into what a chaotic mess this draft has the potential to be. That's very fun too. It's a it's a really good chat. I hope you enjoy it, um, and hopefully this rounds out some good draft coverage. People have sent in nice words about the draft coverage we've been doing, which is impressive because uh, I know nothing about the draft. So I guess it means I've gotten some good people on to talk about it. Um, we'll continue to do that, of course, next week. We'll probably dive into more second round options at the start of next week. We'll continue to sort of. You know, do the Suggs versus Green versus Mobley thing because that is good for lots and lots of days of content, I suppose. Uh, and we will have, uh, you know, obviously the draft covered for you on next week's podcast, too. So that's enough of me rambling off the top. We'll get into the conversation with PD Webb just uh, in just a second here. But first, I want to tell you before we get to that about our friends over at betonline.ag, the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports action. Baseball season's in full swing. You can track the action at Bet Online. Of course, it's a uh, playoff race time. The trade deadline's coming up in like a week, which is very exciting. Also, we'll be doing a live trade deadline show for Locked On. Uh, if you're a baseball fan, you can tune into that on the Locked On MLB YouTube page next week. But I digress. The Bet Online's great. You can get all the latest news, odds, information, sport for all their sporting needs, including MLB. And then you've got NBA, NHL futures. You've got the NFL coming up as well very soon, too. Kind of sneakily, it's like six weeks away from starting. Go and uh, check it all out at Bet Online on your laptop or mobile device check out all the great sporting news, sign-up bonuses, and contest info. Don't sit on the sidelines anymore, as this is your chance to get into the game as teams prep for their runs to the playoffs. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet online. They are your online sportsbook experts. And be sure to use the promo code LOCKEDON to get that 50% welcome bonus. The NBA playoffs are right around the corner, and Locked On NBA is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late-season drama. Every Monday, Jackson Gatlin rounds up the three biggest stories around the league, helping to break down the NBA playoffs. Mark your calendars to listen to Locked On NBA every Monday to be up to date. Locked On NBA, available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. 
All right, let's get to it now. Myself and PD Webb talking mostly about Evan Mobley, a little bit at the end about uh, some other guys in the draft in particular, someone that he would consider reaching for at number four, who I won't spoil. I think I accidentally spoiled yesterday, but that's fine. Uh, if you don't remember that, that's good. Uh, <laughs> here's the conversation about Evan Mobley with PD Webb. Let's let's quickly hit on Mobley here. I'm taking way too much of your time, but I love no, it's hearing right. you talk about this stuff because you're very smart. Um, but... Mobley is seemingly, you know, among like Raptors internet, kind of like the the one everyone's kind of lusting after the most. He obviously addresses a need that was so apparent this season at the center position with Aaron Baines and the rest of the crew. It was just such a like talking about recency bias, like, you know, and I mean, obviously they've had good center play and having good center play is very important. But, um, you know, I, I wonder if there's like even more sort of like, Oh my God, Mobley is the answer sentiment because of how bad it was this past season in particular. Uh, but also like, he's awesome. There's no denying it. He's a transcendent defensive prospect. It seems from all accounts, um, you know, he's projected to have sort of wing skill at his size as well. Sure. I, I think there's some concerns about size and can he really sort of like hang with the big beefy dudes, but also how many big beefy dudes are there actually? And does it matter that much, especially if he's dragging said big beefy dudes out to the perimeter and, and cooking them on the, off the dribble. Um, you know, what's your read on Mobley? You know, I, I mean, th- th- he just seems like an absolutely tantalizing prospect. As you mentioned, he's kind of been in the spotlight for a long time too. And there's been a lot of time to watch this dude. And, you know, it's it just, there's a lot to like there, you know, are, are you, bullish on him you know becoming you know the sort of all defense you know anthony davis type player that we've seen i know comps are stupid you don't want to do comps but like are you kind of bullish on him hitting his high end outcomes or are there some things there that maybe sort of give you pause as to whether or not he'll actually be able to reach that full potential um i mean i think that if i were to start with weaknesses with mobley it's that he's pretty unlikely to put on a lot of weight sure um so he may have there may always have to be at least one roster consideration for just like having a just a, a, a big strong man yeah so just throw at the the beads of the world um i yep. mean back in the back in i mean like, you know the, the internet age during shack where it's like yeah we have to devote three roster spots to shack fouls but um <laughs> that's as far as as far as roster allocation for you know um, every player you know requires a, a, a calibration of the rest of the roster um, in an ideal situation and like that's not that difficult um yeah that is kind of the limit of my concerns about mobley like serious concerns sure. um because i mean he's about seven feet tall he didn't do official measurements he's probably like he's probably like six eleven and a half without shoes or whatever um six eleven six eleven and a half a uh, long wingspan and probably the best movement skills i've ever seen for someone right. his size um mm-hmm. he He's the only prospect that I've watched in my life get pump faked into the air and jump into somebody and never and not get called for fouls by college refs because he's able to huh. like contort his body in midair while maintaining verticality and like sort of bumping into the you know the shooter enough to challenge them, but not enough that the ref blows the whistle. And I've seen sure. I've seen him do that like 15 times during this college season. And huh. like college refs will if you you know uh, shoot a loaded glance at somebody, they will call. <laughs> um, Mobley can cover a huge amount of space extremely quickly. Um, he is one of the few prospects I've seen who um, enjoys switching 
uh, because he likes to embarrass guards. It's not like, oh, yeah, I can hold my own. It's like, oh, no, no, you've made it. Like, you have made a terrible mistake. Um, I'm here to, like, I'm going to slide with your handle, and, like, you should not shoot, because if you're going to shoot, I'm going to try to punch it. Um, and there were many a guard in, in college who, like, thought that it was sweet to, to try to get Mobley on an island. And he's like, oh, no, no, no. I'm, uh, you know, it was basically the Bane speech of, like, you're not in here with me. Or I'm not in here with you. You're in here with me. And... Um, <laughs> I think that when we talk about switchability, like we often think about like, okay, just like do an okay job. And like, you know, as long as the defense can't hunt you, but like at times it felt like Mobley was hunting switches, the like, um, which is really impressive and speaks to his movement skills, his ability to like predict how defenders are, are, are going to, to, um, you know, set up their moves and, and close down space. Um, sure. His, his second jump and his ability to load is like close to Bagley. I know he doesn't, it's not as violent, in terms of like getting off the floor, but like there were times where, where people were like went up for putbacks and Mobley was still on the ground when they were touching the ball and he would punch it. It's it's pretty nuts. Um, I think that ideally you want him to as a rookie to play the four um, right. defensively because like he has you know he has high hips. Um, he's pretty easy to move out of spaces. He can he's able to just like sort of. Uh, recover with his with his ability of negotiating angles and and his like uh, a lot of times but like you know there are people who did wallop him um but as a weak side rim protector he's just a terror he doesn't yeah. ever foul i mean partially by design because his team needed him to play in games but also like he's just that good at, at body control and understanding of verticality um, and like knowing which balls to jump for like a lot of young bigs i mean we've all seen this on the side like try to uh uh, high point floaters that are like 15 feet in the air. It's just like, that's not going to yep. happen, but also he'll jump for it. By the time he's landed, the ball's at the rim and then the big gets the put back. It doesn't show up on his stat sheet. So, you know, uh, some advanced stats love him. You know, we had that debate seven years ago or whatever. Mo- that would never <laughs> happen. Like Mobley just like does, has been, you know, trained on the, like, if your man scores at any point, it's your fault. It's, it's really right. uh, it refreshing to see a young guy who's just not chasing blocks uh, to the point where I was just like, I would like you to chase some more blocks. Um, <laughs> And I think that's what, like, I think that my ideal developmental circumstance is is sort of the version of Mobley that the, uh, I would say, if you are the most optimistic about Pascal and uh, and OG and mm-hmm. Kyle leaves, then Mobley yeah. is your dream situation. Like, again, I'm not trying to, I, I don't think that there is a right answer for this. I'm just trying to speak to different, you know, segments of fans who have different reasons. Sure. Uh, because I think that all of these, like you're in a great situation, you're going to get one of the four best prospects in this draft. Have fun. Um, yeah. <laughs> um, so, like, if you are a believer that Pascal is, you know, close to the final, is basically, you know, a some version of the finals Pascal that we saw, a guy who can, mm-hmm. you know, really shift a defense, a guy who, like, when the jumper is on, it's it's a problem for all five defenders who have to be in a chain and really have to deal with these counters and the passing is, you know, is, is very much developed and, you know, the shooting, like it, that was all uh, Tampa didn't happen. And you're also really bullish on OG and you want OG to have usage. Then you can play one of those two at the five and say mobily, okay, you also have to shoot, not stick him in the post. Cause I mean, he's, he's not a post scorer. I mean, he has a, he has a fadeaway that like is released at 11 feet in the air, but that's his move. Mm-hmm. Um, is being able to fade away. He's never going to be, you know, you dump it in. He makes, he has a jump hook he likes. He has a fadeaway he likes, but he's not, that is not his game. It's, it's going to be face ups. It's going to be attacking, you know, out of one dribble. He 
he his hang dribble is eurily effective for a seven footer. Um, hmm. And he has such big strides that if he gets a little bit of space at the, the hip level, doesn't matter. He can just elongate out. Um, I think that the Raptors can build a fascinating defense of basically having three, like 4.5s on the floor yeah. at the same time. And also building an environment where Mobley is forced to do his challenging developmental context. Or it's like, okay, we need you to shoot. Um, we're going to use you as a roller and a popper. Like we can, you know, we can, because of, how like the the uniqueness of OG and of Pascal, it allows Mobley's like Mobley was you know raised as a point guard. He clearly like over he he is a a person who intellectualizes the game. You could see him thinking out what's going to happen next, and at times his aggressiveness is simply the fact that like he's trying to find the best shot for his team instead of just hitting the like I'm the best player on the floor. Let's make something happen button, which you know happens uh, for many prospects. They're just like okay, uh, this session went far enough. It's time for me to figure it out. And Mobley just doesn't really have like that impulse. He can get forced sure. into it, but it's it's pretty uncommon. Like, I think there was only like two games where he really, really went into like, okay, it's time for me to dominate by you know doing things that people can't stop, like you know taking an infinite amount of eighteen um, foot turnarounds or whatever. Um, but by putting him into situations where it's like, okay, sometimes you're going to be a cutter, sometimes you're going to be a popper, where you need to space on this possession, we're going to give you a little bit of rolls. For many prospects, that is a death sentence asking them to do so many things, but for a player sure. with such high feel and that is good in so many areas and probably is most engaged when they're being asked to do a lot of little, like a lot of, you know, uh, of spreading their usage pretty thin. Um, I think that you would then have a player who would fit that space perfectly as a rookie, you know, not being asked to shoot 20 times a game or whatever, but instead, you know, solving all these little problems. And then on defense, you would just be a, just a black hole. It would I, you could basically run any coverage you wanted to. You could, yeah. you could put, you could throw Mobley on wings. You could throw him on cards, like not like ones, but you could throw him on twos and then have, you know, switch OG onto, on, or you just start hard hedging. Um, you could do basically anything. You could, you could play drop if you really wanted to and have the, the wings be ultra aggressive and like funnel downhill. Mm-hmm. Um, and the rotations would just be nuts. Like it, you could, I guess like you could then also it allows for fun roster construction. Cause I mean, again, we're assuming in this circumstance, like Lowry would leave, you could kind of like go crazy and get just like really offensive tilted guards. Yeah. Okay. Like, I mean, not, not Lou Williams. I think Lou's a little past, you know, the, the level of impact that the rappers are looking for, um, sure. but just guys in that model where it's like, okay, if you want to get buckets, like we have all of the, we have all of the help side <laughs> behind you. You could possibly imagine. And Jamal Crawford's would, making a comeback, baby. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Jordan Crawford, maybe. Um, yep. Any uh, Crawford, it works. Yeah. Uh, that's, well, I got to say, man, uh, you're, I, I, to just give a little bit of color as you're talking about what the Raptors could do defensively with OG, Siakam, and Mobley, I literally have a tingle going down my spine. Uh, so I, thank I you believe- for making me, making it sure that I'm going to be absolutely crushed when he gets picked third by the Cavs. <laughs> Oh, look, that's just the spirit of Nick Nurse smiling because I don't yep. think that would make any, I don't think it would, anything would make him happier. He could just sit in that really wide arms akimbo stance he loves, but he would be smiling <laughs> while he's doing it. It wouldn't be like yep. the sad version. Like, they'd be the happy version of, like, yes. Yeah. It'd be like doing his crouch, but it's because yeah. his knees are weak and not because he's angry at a ref. Uh. Yeah. Or no, he just, he wants to be a part of the vibes. Just everybody sitting down and rotating. He's like, it's beautiful. I love it. 
Um, yeah, I mean, I think that that's the beauty. Like, well, the reason why I said like four is such a wonderful spot is like, I think that there is something for basically every interpretation of this roster. And that's not because like, that's how drafts usually work. That's because this draft is like uniquely suited for the Raptors. And so basically any outcome of one through four would have given them like without really a, a compromise in vision, um, able to like move seamlessly into the next phase. Obviously Cade is, is, you know, the one pick and you know it's not that, Oh, it's okay to go from one to two. It's the like, well, there's not a fundamental difference in how you would approach a rebuild. It's just the like, yeah, there's a, there's sure. a most likely a small step down. Where if you would, you know, this happened at seven or eight, some of those avenues would not be possible. Yeah. And even it's, in previous uh, drafts. No, go ahead. Even in previous drafts, like if you had gotten, you know, it's not the uh, people always like, oh yeah, it's it's uh, you know, you got the we got the fifth pick in a four player draft. It's like, well, it's not a four player draft for everybody. There are some teams mm-hmm. where it's a three-player draft, even though there's four players, because you just don't have the ability to maximize that fourth player, or it's not fit for you, or your coaching staff doesn't, you know, believe in that particular archetype. And so, like for some teams, like it's a six-player draft, or a seven-player draft, or a nine-player draft. Another team, it's a two-player draft. If they get three, they're kind of out of options. And the sure. Raptors landed within their perfect range of guys they could seamlessly optimize uh, <laughs> without really altering anything, and like. You got to feel great about that. All right, we're going to finish off the chat about Evan Mobley and then who PD would take with the fourth pick if he were to go off consensus. Uh, it's a really good chat. Uh, obviously, it's been good so far and it will continue to be good. And I'm glad. Uh, I hope the audio is a little bit better today. It's a little bit crisper, I think. So hopefully that's uh, not too distracting. Again, PD's on the road covering high school you know tournaments and stuff where Bronny James is playing he's in hotel rooms with uh shoddy internet he did his best to make it work and we very much appreciate that and his time uh but anyway let's get to one more uh sponsor before we get to the end of the conversation and that is of course Built Bar who are making the best tasting protein bars money can buy they are awesome I really can't recommend Built Bars enough of all the products we have on the podcast here they're the ones I've consumed the most because they're good for you they make you feel like you're cheating when you're not and they are a nice little meal replacement if you don't want to be bogged down by a big heavy breakfast or something like that it's a wonderful way to start your day i don't like to eat a big breakfast it just doesn't really sit with me super well but if i have a built bar i'm off and running baby and i can go for a workout or something like that and know i have the fuel i need to get by if you don't know what flavor you want they have nine staple flavors to try you can go and get yourself a mixed box where you can get two uh of each of the nine flavors all mixed into one box and you can decide which one is your favorite among all those it's uh it's a great way to go about it and then you can order a full box of your favorite after the fact most of the flavors have 17 to 18 grams of protein calories ranging from 130 to 180 only four to five grams of sugar four to five grams of net carbs all flavors are amazing they are all tasty and they're all healthy for you too go to built.com use the promo code locked 15 and get 15 percent off your order that is the promo code locked 15 for 15 percent off at built.com the nba playoffs are right around the corner and locked on nba is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late season drama every monday jackson gatlin rounds up the three biggest stories around the league helping to break down the nba playoffs mark your calendars to listen to locked on nba every monday to be up to date Locked On NBA, available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. 
All right, let's finish up the chat now with PD Webb talking Evan Mobley a little bit more and then who we would look at, he would look at, with the fourth pick if the Raptors were to go off consensus and surprise the world. Enjoy. Yeah, I, I really I can't get over how fortuitous it is that they that they jumped up like to this specific spot. Yeah, two or three would have been nice, but man, it's just four seems like as you said at the very top like it is kind of the the point of the draft where things pivot and i uh you know I, <laughs> it's just a wonderful wonderful turn of events after a truly truly terrible awful no good hell season and it's uh kind of made it all worth it and it's been really fun to kind of think about these things and and how it all would come together and you know, I, I think, you know, the, I think that it does feel a little bit sort of predetermined, like Suggs is going to be the guy I would sort of advise against, uh, you know, predicting anything because the draft always seems to go weird. And, you know, the Raptors yeah. they really, really feel like they got to make Nick Nurse happy and go get Mobley and give him the defense of his dreams. Then maybe they offer some sort of, you know, future asset to move up or something um, to mean, try to grab Mobley. Uh, you know, anything can happen. It's why we're talking about these guys at length like this and. Um, you know, I've taken far too much of your time and I'm definitely going to turn this into two parts of the podcast because <laughs> this has just been awesome. But, uh, last thing I have for you here, PD, before we let you go, you know, we've talked about these three guys. They feel like the preordained guys. I personally am not super in on the idea of Scotty Barnes just because he feels like, you know, someone you do have to work a little bit more to fit into what the Raptors do, you know, the lack of scoring, you know, the sort of having to mine that over the course of multiple years probably and sort of build that up to something where he is, you know, a scoring threat feels like it's maybe a little bit too much, especially for the timeline they're on right now. You know, Kaminga's there too. He hasn't really been, you know, floated around. I know he worked out for the Raptors, but doesn't seem like there's a lot of noise there. Again, the noise, all grains of salt, millions and millions of grains of salt with all the noise. But uh, my question to you, and I'm going to put you on the spot, and I, I did tell you I was going to ask you this, so it's not really putting you on the spot, but if you were at number four and the Raptors, you know, are on the clock and say it's Suggs there at four, uh, you know, who's available, who is the guy, if you were going to go off consensus, you know, just from your personal taste and preference and the potential fit with the Raptors, obviously you're going to have a different set of evaluations than the Raptors themselves, but personally you, who would you reach for there for, you know, obviously trading down would be number one if you're going to reach for a guy, but um, you know, if you're going to take a guy at four who is not one of those consensus three, who would it be and why? You want the somewhat off the wall pick or do you want to go over you? Give me the uh, off the wall. Sure. Why not? Okay. So I would like to make an argument for Sharif Cooper. Um, Sharif Cooper. All right. So, I I think that this is an idea that, like, we talked about, you know, there being a a four or five player draft, you know, know, that it it shifts depending on how you view a franchise. And that let's say you fall into that last category where you're like, I believe that Pascal and OG, like, have real creation upside. And, you know, what they need is, is just, like, a little bit of table setting. Uh, Sharif Cooper got to the rim or got to the free throw line at like a 56% at, as like a five foot 11 uh, <laughs> slight freshman in the SEC, but everyone's like the most weightliftingest uh, conference in the nation. And he lived at the rim and he didn't have a jumper. If you believe that jumpers are fixable, uh, mm-hmm. you want to take players who have, you know, 
uh, outlier skills. Like Sharif's probably the best passer in the draft, and he's also probably the best advantage creator. And if you believe that you can fix that, you have the development staff to fix shooting and specifically shooting off the dribble, you basically have the perfect complement for those two. Um, this argument could be used for for many of the players. Like, I mean, Jason's turnovers that I've been high on for a long time. Um, if you wanted to lean me out, or if you believe that like you just wanted to stack up really fun defensive players, you have Franz uh, Wagner, who you could you know coax into shooting more with with, with shooting development and an explanation of roles, sort of similar to the the Mobley idea um, of having you know three four point fives um, from this is just a a hideously good the rotational defender. Um, the thing is, if you believe in your development staff and understand exactly where in development their strengths lie, it, it makes swings not so much like, oh, I'm going to, you know, I'm going to take a risk. I'm like, oh, I'm taking an informed risk on sure. what I know my development staff can do well and what our environment enables. Um, right. So I would say if, 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 every, if I'm, you know, like, if I believe that, that shooting development is a thing we'll do and that I have uh, wings who can cover a bunch of defensive ground, it's like, Hey, remember how we we talked about if you got Mobley, uh, you know, you could take your your pick on one way uh, offensive players. Sure. Well, maybe it's not. Maybe you don't need three awesome long defenders. Maybe it's two and a half, and you could always find right. a half later. So why not take a big swing and see if you can? You, you know, no one has ever had too much passing and advantage creation. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Um, and, and we did a podcast earlier this week about the Raptors potentially packaging some stuff and moving back into the first round. And, you know, it seems like Cooper's probably going to be gone before, you know, that sort of back end of the first oh, round range. See, but, man. You say that, but <laughs> I will say that this, is going, this draft is going to be chaos. Like, the second that the, the lottery, I mean, I did a live stream uh, with some you know, with some friends in the, in the community when the water came before we were like, Oh, you know, what is, what does everybody want to happen? I was like, I want no one, none of the people with two picks to move up. Like I want everybody <laughs> to have double picks just to, just to have draft to be crazy. And that's literally what happened was that all those teams, you know, like what did 1920 do for, you know, a team? It's like, well, why not just move up? And yeah. there goes your, there goes your big boards. Like, well, what do, you know, what does a pick in, in the mid first and you know the twenties do for a franchise? Oh, why not, why not move up? Uh, yeah. You know, if, if you if it, you feel like it's a three person draft for your organization, you got the fifth pick. I guess you got to move down. And I think we're just going to see on top of all of like the likely player movements and, and how many, you know, a, a sort of unnaturally high amount of players are on. So I just assume that this is going to be like a pandemonium draft. And <laughs> that like instead of Woj um, coming up with new adjectives for selected. We're going to have one where people are working phones and, you know, players, we can't figure out who's on what team. And I think, <laughs> I think we're going to have the Luke Ridenour off season of <laughs> Well, man, you've got me excited uh, all anew. We're a week out. And uh, this, this conversation uh, certainly helped uh, juice me back up because this is really exciting stuff. And the Raptors are in a great spot. This draft's going to be chaos, hopefully, if you're correct. And, uh, you know, signs point towards that. So uh, very exciting stuff. PD, thank you so much for being here, man. It was lovely chatting with you. Where can people check out your work and uh, support what you're doing? Well, you can uh, find me on Twitter at above the big three. Um, I have a series on YouTube called Let's Watch Film, where I and a friend 
uh, break down a single game of a prospect, talk about their strengths, talk about their weaknesses, talk about their pathways to development, um, using, um, you know, micro skills and, and understanding of player archetypes. Um, it, it's sure. great fun to spend about an hour on, on, on a game. Um, I have long form prospect breakdowns on uh, my Patreon, which is always free, um, you know, uh, on, I would say like 12 prospects in this draft. Um, taking up film took out a little bit of extra time and I've started working at Cerebro Sports, um, which is uh, a, a, a data company um, working on uh, building simple and clean metrics that, that are easily understandable. And I've written a draft guide for them, which is, I believe my pin in a tweet now and uh, is a, you know, a, a, a way maybe for people who are not as comfortable with analytics or maybe don't have as much of a use for them. Um, a way of, of merging, uh, I would say, me, me, a person who watches way too much basketball, with a data perspective to, to come to a, a more cohesive, uh, concise insight. Awesome, man. Uh, everyone, go check out uh, at above, above the Break 3 on Twitter and uh, all the great work going there. I, I've tuned into a couple of the Let's Watch films as well. They're fantastic. It's uh, you know way smarter yeah. than I will ever be when it comes to breaking down uh, <laughs> prospects, but it's just fantastic stuff, and it's been uh, one of my go-tos to sort of get myself caught up on this draft. Yeah. And, our, and our, I have... think our boy Raphael was on there recently. Yes, yeah, he Parlo, was. We did, we, did, yeah. we did uh, Jaden Springer together. That one was a lot of fun. We have Mobley and Jalen Green, and I have uh, an hour and a half talking about uh, Suggs' creation ability. Just that. Uh, with, awesome. Uh, with it. So, yeah, if you have uh, – if there, I believe we have everybody in the lottery for the most part, and I'm doing a mega prospect stream on the 27th that uh, I think will cover literally everybody else. So I'm just going to spend basically all day breaking down film with friends. That sounds great. Uh, can't right. wait to check it out. Thank you so much for being here, man. And we will uh, hopefully catch up with you sometime down the line. Um, that's going to do it for this episode and this week of podcast. So thanks everyone for tuning in as always. Uh, of course, just a few days left until the draft. We'll be back again next week, breaking it all down. Probably a mailbag episode early in the week. We'll have Vivek back on. Uh, maybe there'll be some news about Masai Ujiri over the weekend. Who the hell knows? We will keep you all posted. And then of course the draft of the 29th will be covering full throttle. I will be on vacation starting on Thursday afternoon and I will still be covering the draft from my hotel room in Halifax because that's how much I care about you fine people. So um, that uh, will do it. We'll talk to you again on Monday with another episode of Locked on Raptors. Have a good weekend. Bye-bye. Hey, Prime members. You can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.